0: Dementia Researcher, with a blog and a rating. Disrupting Dementia Research Careers If you ask any early career dementia researcher, in the UK, but also elsewhere in the world, what they think about their work and career, they will probably say, I'm passionate and love my job. However, I constantly stress about the instability. Because my job depends on funding, it's hard to put down roots, as I might have to move. And even if I wanted to, it's hard to get a mortgage when you only have a one to three year contract. I also spend half my current contract, or at least the last year, looking for my next. And finally, because I need to compete and be the best to ensure I still have a job, I tend to stay yes to everything and work long hours. I feel appreciated and unappreciated at the same time, and while I know where to get help and support, I don't want to complain, as this might have a negative effect on my career. The road to becoming a fully-fledged academic can feel long, tough and filled with disillusion. A study by the Royal Society found that only 3.5% of students that complete a PhD secure a permanent research position at a university. Of those lucky few, only 12% or 0.45% of the total make it to professor level. Despite all of this, the vast majority of dementia research is actually done by people who we define as early career researchers and despite their precarious situations, great progress continues to be made. So is this pressure and competition a good thing or a bad thing? Bad, obviously. We need research funders to fund people for longer and to rethink the career structure to create more balance. 0.45% of PhDs becoming professors is crazy. A short-term fix might be just to fund more fellows, however talk to anyone at this stage and they'll tell you that all too often they end up in a perpetual loop of short-term contracts one after the other until they eventually get lucky, leave or divert into some research-related position. There is also a reason why we have lots of PhD students and fewer fellows. They're cheaper. Okay, this is a simplistic view, and I agree it's arguable, but it isn't untrue. So the long-term fix has to be a rebalancing of the career, not only across career stages, but potentially where research happens. Early career dementia researchers aren't unique, this problem faces most people who choose academic research careers. However, because dementia is so high profile, could we use this to be trailblazers and lead the way? The good news is that the problem is being discussed more than ever and research funders like Race Against Dementia have started to disrupt the system. Their fellowship program is now three years old and as part of it they fund people for five years, not three, and give these fellowships out to people at an earlier stage than is typical. Not only that, but they also work with their fellows, treating them like elite athletes. In practice, this means providing more mentoring and performance coaching, connecting them with high-tech creative companies, and even looking at things like their diet and exercise and connections to the wider community. Of course, other funders are doing things too. iStart has put a particular focus on supporting ECRs and engaging with underrepresented groups and people from lower middle-income countries. Here in the UK, we have dementia researcher, but I'm biased. And research groups are being amazing at self-starting support work. A great example of this is a recent collaboration between the Alzheimer's Research UK networks at UCL and Scotland to create a mentoring programme. So there is support out there. And if you're lucky enough to get a rad fellowship, congratulations. In the meantime, what can we do about it? Well, research from Staffordshire University has found that a person can interpret the situation either as a challenge or a threat. Those who react well under pressure are said to be in the challenge state whereas those who don't fare as well are in the threat state. The challenge state is associated with an increase in adrenaline whereas the threat state is associated with an increase in the hormone cortisol. Which state you are in has significant consequences as they have been found to influence how much effort you put in, your concentration levels and finally how well you perform under pressure. This area of psychology has today mainly been applied to sport, but can the theory also be applied to academics? That's something that Rad has also considered when they partnered with Hintster Performance, a coaching company who support nearly all Formula One drivers. You can watch a webinar the iStart PIA to Elevate Early Career Researchers had with Hintster in the link below. Today, myself and my iStart colleague, Dr. Beth Shaban, are speaking at the World Dementia Council dialogue event, talking about early career researchers. We'll discuss the challenges and say that we need a new approach, new solutions, because I think your research will benefit. I'm looking forward to engaging with the community and hearing what the other presenters have to say. In the meantime, I can think of no better group of people Who are able to rise to the challenge and avoid thinking of this as a threat than all of you who are working to defeat dementia. Finally Albert Einstein once said if A equals success then the formula is A equals X plus Y plus Z where X is work, Y is play and Z is keep your mouth shut. He was a smart man but it's probably time we changed that mindset. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.